Welcome back to the Highway Health Podcast, and thanks for connecting with us again on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be joined by Stephen Ferreira, who is the Associate Dean with the Columbia School of Nursing, and he's also involved with the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Stephen will be discussing the role that nurse practitioners play in today's medical field and how nurse practitioners are helping to ease the workload of doctors. Michael Burns will be your host for this edition of the Highway to Health Podcast. And now let's hand it off to Michael for his feature interview with Stephen Ferreira. Stephen, welcome to the program this morning. Good morning, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And I can't talk enough about nurse practitioners and what they do out there, but let's just get the very, very basics to kind of get a foothold here. There are many different types of nurses. There are LPNs, there are RNs, there are MSNs, there are nurse practitioners, and there are DNPs. Can you kind of run through those basics and what kind of training and graduate programs are involved in each of those? Sure, I'd be happy to. All the nurses titles that you mentioned are licensed titles in the states that grant privileges to nurses. So I'll start out with the licensed practical nurses or LPNs. They have the least amount of schooling that's required to be a nurse. And they usually complete programs that are about one year in length. Often it's community colleges that offer LPN programs. And since their training is less, they're not allowed to do as much as, say, an RN or even a nurse practitioner. So they're not trained and prepared to assess patients. They could administer treatments. They could do lots of technical type of duties when it comes to caring for patients. But when it comes to an assessment, that's where the registered nurse comes in. The registered nurse has either an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree in nursing. So there's much more education at the RN level. The RNs do things like medication administration, can perform diagnostic tests and order medical equipment. So RNs are typically found in hospital settings, but not just in hospital settings. RNs are visiting nurses and public health nurses caring for patients and their needs. The nurse practitioner is an RN first. A nurse practitioner already has a license as an RN and completed educational requirements for that with mm-hmm. additional education, either at the master's or doctoral level. And NPs are healthcare providers who assess patients, order interpret diagnostic tests, make diagnoses, including prescribing medication. Nurse practitioners can serve as a patient's primary care provider and provide the whole spectrum of care that's required for patients requiring access to care. Now, the way it reads currently, in some states, like Massachusetts, for instance, nurse practitioner can actually get an office and hang a shingle and have her own practice or his own practice, correct? Yes, that's right. So 28 states across the U.S. allow nurse practitioners to have full practice authority, which means essentially that the nurse practitioner can independently practice under the board of nursing in that state without having a contract with any other provider, which is the case in some of the other states that don't have full practice already. 
Right. And in those states, of course, a nurse practitioner or an RN or anyone else who is charged with patient observation and diagnosis mm-hmm. and those kind of things then has to have a medical officer oversee what they do. Do you see that going away more and more as this diversifies? Because nurse practitioners very often are willing to go to communities maybe that would not support a practice and help those right. like our drivers out there on the road, three and a half million drivers out there, certainly with lots of healthcare yeah, right. needs and so forth. And yet, I've yet to see a doctor's office that you could park anything bigger than a Fiat in the parking lot. It gives the medical community an outreach program they didn't have before. That's right. In the talk about full practice authority and is that going to continue to spread across other states, we certainly believe so. And we believe it's necessary for the healthcare of our nation, right? So we know that 88% of nurse practitioners are certified in an area of primary care. 70% of all nurse practitioners deliver primary care. So primary care is your first entrance into the healthcare system. That's not the emergency room. We want to limit the emergency room for true emergencies because that's what they're best equipped to do. Primary care is where one receives their health education, receives treatment of their chronic conditions. And what nurse practitioners do and do so well is focus on health promotion and wellness. We want to make sure that you're up to date with your immunizations, that if we can prevent a disease or an infection, that you have the best tools to fight that. We want to talk about things that are going to maintain your healthy lifestyle or what one would need to do to have a healthier lifestyle. Do your annual physical, order blood work, order diagnostic tests such Mm -hmm. as x-rays and chest x-rays and things like that. So yeah, we believe full practice authority absolutely needs to continue in the other states that currently don't allow it. It's about increasing access to care and for care for those who need it the most. We certainly believe that the data on nurse practitioners, which we have 55 plus years of data that shows that the quality of care provided by nurse practitioners is high quality, patient outcomes are excellent, and we just want to make sure that when it comes time for any patient to visit a healthcare provider, that a nurse practitioner is an option for them. Yeah. The other thing that we see, I think that is so important to bring out about nurse practitioners, understand I have a son who's an MD and this isn't anything Mm -hmm. I haven't said to his face before, I promise you. Okay. When they graduate from medical school, quite often they know everything. When somebody comes along and they say, well, you know what? Nutrition is important too. And this is Mm -hmm. important. And actually we've gotten some great results with these spinal patients that the medical system kind of written off using Mm -hmm. therapeutic yoga. I find it's nurse practitioners who are far more open to some of these ancillary treatments than your basic MD would be. Yeah, I think it comes down to listening to the patient. And sometimes in our hectic world, it's hard to do that when you have the pressures of a waiting room full of other patients. I truly believe that the nurse practitioner model, the way that we're prepared, it's a comprehensive perspective and a personal touch to healthcare that we focus on seeing patients as complete individuals and not just their illness or disease. There's oftentimes that patients will help us and we will partner with them on coming up with a solution that will cure their illness or at least make their living with disease much more manageable in a way that they can care for themselves. 
I've long said that when you go to a healthcare provider, that's a relatively short amount of time that you're seeing someone, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You're living every day on your own and you're making choices of what to eat and what activities to engage in, mindfulness, and are you participating in any exercise regimen? So the choices we make as individuals are the ones that are going to absolutely dictate how well one is and how we're able to respond to illness and disease. And nurse practitioners have worked really, really hard with patients to partner with them to try and understand what their needs are so that Mm -hmm. we can make sure that we're being responsive and really working together as a team. You're listening to the Highway Health Podcast on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. If you would like to stay up to date on what's happening with Radio Nemo, please visit RadioNemo.com. You'll see the latest on the Dave Nemo Show, Dave Nemo Weekends, and the Tim Ridley Show. RadioNemo.com also has a blog section with news and notes from around the trucking industry. That web address is again, RadioNemo.com. Now folks, if you'd like to go further down the highway to health, we'd like to invite you to listen to the Dave Nemo Show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. The trip down the highway to health on the Dave Nemo Show happens every Tuesday morning from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Now let's get you back to this edition of the Highway to Health Podcast on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. We are talking to Stephen Ferrara. Stephen is the Associate Dean at Columbia School of Nursing and President of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. I can't think of a better job, Stephen. I couldn't make the vetting process, but I got to tell you, that would be my dream job, I think. I have gotten so close to so many nurse practitioners simply because I admire the work that they do. I admire the results they get. I have a tendency to admire what they have to go through sometimes in some places when they know better. But the problem we've got in this country, a healthcare facility, normally we call them hospitals, is a very, very expensive proposition to run. And not all communities in the U.S. can afford or support those kind of facilities. Where we used to have the country dock, we don't have the medical staff to represent everybody adequately in this country. The rural hospitals closing. Now here where I live in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, I'm halfway between Mobile and New Orleans. I have no problem finding a great doc. There's some of the best doctors that I've ever met in this area. But if I go 50 miles north of here into what we call the real Mississippi, I'm stunned that some of those communities can still exist. And they do. And they do so without maybe other than one or two country doctors in town. No hospital, no place to take people for emergencies. That outreach by nurse practitioners has probably been the most beneficial thing for America so far, wouldn't you say? Oh, for sure. And we know when we look at the data that there are more than 100 million people in this country that lack access to health care and live in what we consider a health provider shortage area. The nurse practitioner often on the front line reaching these communities in the underserved and rural and urban communities that are really the lifeline for folks getting health care. 
Yeah, and it really is amazing. And like I said, we see these people day by day. We become friends with them. Some of them we are associated with, and they are fascinating parts of our community. And somehow they still find time for community effort projects. They're still seriously involved in helping a community in every way they can. These are some of the finest people that I have ever met in my life. And I got to tell you, I don't know what we would do without nurse practitioners. The question is, let's not even talk about what we would do without nurse practitioners, what can we as voters, what can we as drivers out there who are constantly in need of better facilities than we have access to, what can we Mm -hmm. do to further the cause of extending practices and authority out to physicians assistants and nurse practitioners? Yeah, as president of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I would say first is the awareness of Mm -hmm. the nurse practitioner role. So the fact that I'm here speaking with you today about nurse practitioners to your great audience, I think is we're achieving that goal. The next thing is when seeking healthcare, asking to see a nurse practitioner or asking if there is a nurse practitioner to be seen. AANP believes that patients should have the ability to choose their preferred healthcare provider. And we know that in this country that there are over 1 billion patient visits every year by nurse practitioners to patients. So we want to make sure that people understand that nurse practitioners are an option and are a trusted option. We'd love to work with all patients. Which states and what kind of states do we run into the biggest blockages in legislation to allow Mm -hmm. nurse practitioners to do what they do? We see in certain states, we see this absolute both feet on the ground will not be dragged to a position and it's going to be preserved for the rights of MDs and nobody else. And yet they're fine with osteopathic doctors. They're fine with chiropractors, but they don't want to let nurse practitioners practice in the way that they have been trained to do and could be such a great help. Where are those states that we need to target most to allow nurse practitioners to do their trade best? It's really interesting because I wouldn't say that there's any one particular region per se that we need to focus on. It really needs to be a broad scale approach. There are some pockets in the Northeast that have full practice. There are pockets out on the Northwest that have full practice authority. But really, it comes down to the public voicing their support for the nurse practitioner. And whether you're in a full practice authority state for nurse practitioners or not, I think it's always empowering for an individual if they have an opportunity to speak with their state lawmaker to just talk about how excellent the care and support of the nurse practitioner is. So I would say a broad approach is great. The goal is to get full practice authority, just again, so that patients have access to healthcare and to choose their provider of choice. Yeah, here where I am, I've recently had a series of spinal surgeries and a bunch of other stuff going on that happens when you've burned your candle at both ends for 70 years. But the nurse practitioner who I see most often, she is attached to my physician's office. She's the one that I have the deepest relationship with. She's the one I see most often. She's the one that knows more about my situation than even my doctor does. And she's really good at communicating with him because I bump into to him socially a lot, and he tells me what's going on. Is anybody still resistant to seeing a nurse practitioner instead of the doc? We treat each individual as such. I think it comes down to just not being aware of what nurse practitioners are and Mm. what we can do. I still encounter people not knowing that nurse practitioners can prescribe medication in all 50 states. So I think it becomes an awareness issue. 
people have their preferences. If they've been seeing a certain provider for a lifetime, well, we don't want to interfere with that. But we know that very many people lack that access. And a nurse practitioner may be the only part to get into the healthcare system. You're listening to the Highway Health Podcast on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. If you would like to stay up to date on what's happening with Radio Nemo, please visit RadioNemo.com. You'll see the latest on the Dave Nemo Show, Dave Nemo Weekends, and the Tim Ridley Show. RadioNemo.com also has a blog section with news and notes from around the trucking industry. That web address is again RadioNemo.com. Now, folks, if you'd like to go further down the highway to health, we'd like to invite you to listen to The Dave Nemo Show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. The trip down the highway to health on The Dave Nemo Show happens every Tuesday morning from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Now let's get you back to this edition of The Highway to Health Podcast on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Stephen, there's so many things I want to talk about with you. And as you know, I could talk about nurses in general and nurse practitioners in particular all day long. They're some of my favorite people that I have ever met in the medical community. I wanted to mention along those lines, we have somebody who is very much a part of the trucking industry. He has taken interest in the health care needs of truckers for a very long time. He started out in the Marine Corps, I believe, as a medic in the Vietnam era and became a nurse practitioner. Then he became a PA and then he went to medical school. He is probably the finest diagnostician that I have ever met in my life. I've never seen anybody who can go, oh, you need to have this checked right now. And he's right, like 99.9% of the time. He often talks about his experience in those other practices and how that made that true. When Dr. John McElligot comes on here, he has a special place in his heart for the trucking industry, the truckers as an underserved part of it because they just don't have the kind of access that we need. And nurse practitioners certainly are a huge part of that system that could help out with that and change those numbers. And we could see some huge, huge improvements in driver's health if we could get more nurse practitioners involved in it. Absolutely. Again, the key is access. We appreciate the support. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm a supporter. I don't know what good that'll do you, but I'm going to open up the phone lines just in case somebody has a question they want to ask you about nurse practitioners or the job or a comment that they might want to make about how a nurse practitioner has changed their life. But I know in my particular case, I can talk about while we're waiting for people to call 615-292-6366 and chime in. My nurse practitioner took a lead from my physician, who is a great internist, Mm -hmm. and they decided that because of all this nonsense going on, that pain levels had gotten to a certain point. And it was she that walked me through all of the procedures to get a medical license Mm -hmm. and actually get some relief for a change. Had it not been for the impetus and the enthusiasm of my nurse practitioner, that might not have happened just because of, again, lack of access, lack of time to make that appointment, whatever. And I think it's really important if you do visit a medical practice and they do have nurse practitioners, which they all should by now, to get to know those folks because they take a far more personal interest than somebody who's being mandated by the corporation that they have to see 20 patients an hour. 
That's right. We're lucky and your audience is lucky that you've had the experience of seeing a nurse practitioner and you're one of those 1 billion patient visits a year that nurse practitioners are responsible for. So we thank you for your support. 1 billion, 1 billion wow. visits annually. And the load that that takes off physicians, that cannot be overstated. For instance, annual physicals. Yeah, you may want to see your doctor for that. You may have one reason or another, but I have never met a nurse practitioner that wasn't fully capable of doing a really good workup on an annual physical. And actually, it was my nurse practitioner that said, well, before we do another step, before we take another step, we need to have this test and this Mm -hmm. test and this test. And we need to get these numbers back before we even think about what we're going to do here. It's that kind of conscientiousness to see in nurse practitioners that really strikes home and that really makes you relate to somebody in that office. That's right. This is where I so believe that patients should be empowered to ask questions and not feel that they shouldn't speak up if they have a question while in the exam room. It's so important to really understand. And again, oftentimes as a nurse practitioner myself, our patients will really tell us what's wrong. Yes, we have the diagnostic workup that we will rely on oftentimes, but it's about really understanding the core of the issue and getting a detailed history, what has been going on and share with me what your typical day looks like and what symptoms you're having and when. So this is certainly core to the education of the nurse practitioner and making sure that we're being able to provide and listen to our patients' needs. Yeah. And I have a really unusual situation. I'm very fortunate that my physician is a great physician. As an Mm -hmm. internist, he's my quarterback. He's the one who keeps all the specialists from killing me. I was in a different situation in a different community, having moved from Nashville to Ocean Springs, Mississippi. The first meeting I had with my physician, he sat down and talked to me for pretty close to 90 minutes. That is about as unusual as they come. Most doctors cannot possibly dedicate that kind of amount of time. But as you said, Hey, the patient will tell you if you talk to him long enough, because the first thing we're all going to do, I'm blaming myself. I'm blaming all my truck driving friends. We're all the same. Doc walks in and says, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm great. You got to right. get past, oh, I'm great to find out what the truth is. And nurse practitioners are uniquely gifted to do that. Sure, absolutely. And when we talk about healthcare in our country, access becomes such a challenge. And I'll share with you that our association, AANP, commissioned a survey earlier this year. U.S. adults found that more than 40% of respondents have experienced longer than reasonable wait for healthcare. Getting into the system is hard. And if you can't get in to see someone, you can't explain what your symptoms are. We certainly want to stress the preventative and the wellness aspects of healthcare. So we know that 26% of those patients that reported on that survey waited more than two months to gain access to a healthcare provider. Nurse practitioners are a solution, and we want to certainly drive that message home. You're listening to the Highway Health Podcast on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. If you would like to stay up to date on what's happening with Radio Nemo, please visit RadioNemo.com. You'll see the latest on the Dave Nemo Show, Dave Nemo Weekends, and the Tim Ridley Show. RadioNemo.com also has a blog section with news and notes from around the trucking industry. That web address is again, RadioNemo.com. Now folks, if you'd like to go further down the highway to health, we'd like to invite you to listen to the Dave Nemo Show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. 
The trip down the highway to health on The Dave Nemo Show happens every Tuesday morning from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Now let's get you back to this edition of the Highway to Health Podcast on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Thank you so much for staying over. I'm sure you have other stuff to do, and I appreciate you spending the time. I'm going to ask you a question, Stephen. We are in this time where there is tons of misinformation being put out there by people who are not qualified even to make a decision. And even within nursing and medicine, we see some people who have been willing to say some very irresponsible things and so forth. One of the things that we saw nurse practitioners being used for recently was we had a whole country of people to vaccinate. We had a whole country Mm -hmm. of people who were at risk of actually dying from COVID. I mean, everybody was in on it. National Guard was in on it. Nurse practitioners in National Guard were in on it. We had battalions of nurse practitioners out there doing mass inoculations and vaccines and so forth. And what an incredible service that was for the people who were involved. But as a child of the 50s and the fact that I grew up without smallpox and tuberculosis and polio, (laughs) I'm a believer. I got to ask you, nurse practitioners in general are going to tend to side with science on this. What's going on currently? with this season we've got coming up with this very deadly mix of flu and RSV now and, of course, the <laughs> looming resurgence of COVID and so forth. Where are nurse practitioners going to be on that battlefront? It's a great question, Michael. And the most important thing is if there are tools out there that could help us prevent disease or minimize disease and infection, then that is something that we certainly need to take an earnest look at. That starts with immunization. You mentioned influenza season. This is the time to get your influenza vaccine. We tend to see a spike in influenza after November into early December. And then the flu season does typically go through February and March. So it's a long time. And before COVID, flu was certainly one of the most major infections that could kill up to 100,000 Americans a year from influenza-related complications. You mentioned RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. This is a virus that has been around a long time, but now there is actually a vaccine for it for those aged 65 years and older. It's newly available for patients. And we worry about patients who have what we call immunocompromised conditions. If somebody has a cancer diagnosis, if somebody is receiving treatment for chronic illness, they're more susceptible to getting infections that are around. So that's why, by all means, we want to make sure that folks are getting immunized for infections that are either preventable or avoidable or will minimize the severity of the symptoms. I don't know if it's part of our marketing or what in this country, but how often do we hear the words colds and flu grouped together? This is really important because we need an education. We need to know people die from the flu. And if you're older and if you're more susceptible and you have other things going on, then you're even more susceptible to getting this. But unfortunately, the influenza virus is a very smart virus and it's constantly changing. It's the same with COVID. We see huge changes in that virus over the last several years, seeking out the parts of the population that are still vulnerable. That's right. You said it perfectly. We sort of throw around the term flu when that may not be what we're really talking about is influenza. You said influenza and I said influenza 
it is a respiratory infection. There's going to be a cough associated with influenza. There's going to be fevers associated with influenza. I think part of the challenge also is understanding what the symptoms are and how are they progressing or changing in accordance with treatment. This is all about health information. Information is key to being able to combat these infections and help prevent and avoid them whenever we can. Yeah. I wish we could get Madison Avenue to quit lumping colds and flu together. How about let's combine influenza and pneumonia? It's like, okay, no, no, this is the serious stuff. This is not a cold. I mean, for years, we had folks tell us behind their white lab coats, they would look at you and honestly say, it's a virus. We can't do anything about it. Well, that's changing. And mRNA has changed that. mRNA technology has changed that. Other advances have changed that. How much of a nurse practitioner's life is actually spent just trying to educate people? It's a core component of what we do, and that's where we bring our nursing background to each and every patient encounter. It's really correcting misinformation and untruths that we need to make sure that we're just putting the best information. And here's the thing about evidence, right? We know that evidence changes. We know Mm -hmm. that what we thought previously may not necessarily be the case tomorrow. So we always have to reevaluate. Nursing is a science. Medicine is a science. We always have to look at data and outcomes and see if we have to change our approaches. But we know when it comes to immunizations and vaccinations, they are absolutely important to preventing a host of infections in this country. And as my favorite doctor, the one I'm related to, my son, as he often says, Mm -hmm. that's why we call it a practice. We learn every day, and it's true. And the sad thing, though, is many times somebody can take a half-truth and try to Mm -hmm. make it into something that's logically acceptable. We see that, and it's really a disservice to people when you look at it. Whether you get vaccinated or not, that's always a personal choice. That's your personal choice. But please... Talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Find your local nurse practitioner. Have a question and answer session with him or her and let them understand what your misgivings are so that we can at least talk about them and have a chance for discussion. Absolutely. Now, many places have, let's say, a telemed kind of practice, and Mm -hmm. many of those are available. If I were to just be completely confused and I don't know where to turn for an answer, is there an information line for nurse practitioners that people can contact and get some information back from a person that's knowledgeable in the medical field? Yeah, we don't have a line per se, but we do have a website. I would recommend if we choose NPs, .org. This is a patient-facing website, so it has some health information on it. It has all about nurse practitioners, and there's actually a link on there. If you put in your zip code, you can find nurse practitioners in a certain distance from you. So I would certainly recommend we choose npes.org. I'm on that website right now. It's an excellent website, very accessible, certainly a lot of places for input and questions and so forth. I would just double up on your recommendation. It's wechoosenps.org. Check it out because there are a lot of these folks that have dedicated their lives to this side of medicine. They can do nothing but help you. Again, I want to thank you so much for being with us. And Stephen, is there anything you'd like to say before we part ways here today? And again, thank you so much for staying over the extra half hour. I just felt like you had so much information I wanted to get out there. Yeah, Michael, I really, really appreciate it. And I thank you for the opportunity to have me on today. 
I also think that the work that your listeners do is so important in this country, our professional truck drivers who keep America moving. So thank you, all of the truck drivers who are out there. Let's celebrate nurse practitioners. And again, just happy to come back anytime you'd like to have me. Well, sir, it would be my pleasure, and you are certainly welcome here anytime. I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you for what you do also, not only your dedication as a nurse practitioner, but to the Columbia School of Nursing and the Association of Nurse Practitioners, which I know is a big job. Lots of people in that profession can get frustrated, and they call you. That closes out this edition of the Highway to Health Podcast. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you once again for spending part of your day with us on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Now, folks, you can always find the Highway to Health Podcast through Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. And let's tell you about a few of the outlets where the podcast is available. You can listen to all of the episodes of the Highway to Health Podcast through our website. Or you can subscribe to the podcast through all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search Highway to Health. The Highway to Health Podcast is a production of Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo.